Hi, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Pivotal Moment. I'm your host, Nikita Faustin. Today, I'm delighted to have Kimberly Evans Killian on the show. In a newly created role, Killian is the new head of private capital North America. Yes, North America for Northern Trust. Outside of her new global role, Killian shares the incredible story of how her humble beginnings set the stage for her quest for excellence and how one important mentor set the stage for everything else. Now, she speaks at schools, colleges, on panels, at seminars, all about her journey on how financial services can be both a viable and lucrative career choice. She also tells us about a moment in a grocery store with her mom when she was just six years old that would forever, forever guide her path. Welcome, Kimberly Evans-Killian. All right, Kim. So welcome to Pivotal Moment. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your new role. Let me let me get it. Head of Private Capital Fund, comma, North America for Northern Trust. That's correct. That's <laughs> okay. And so tell us, Kim, what that actually means in a nutshell. Sure. So basically... I am managing a private capital fund administration for North America. Fund administration is basically a third-party outsourced service provider for alternative asset managers. Um, and basically, we're, we're verifying the assets for their investors, making sure that all of the accounting books and records are up to date, and really kind of protecting the investor's interest in the funds and alternative assets or the private capital assets are basically um, a private industry where the capital that's raised or the money that's raised for the investing isn't done in the public market. So so my business is all of North America wow. for any private capital firms, funds, um, that want to hire Northern Trust as their fund administrator. That is incredible. And I just want to clarify for the continent of North America, that is what's phenomenal. I saw the title and I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, North America. <laughs> so, yes, so that is such an incredible, incredible role, uh, wonderful promotion, a great testament to what you do. So tell me about life since the announcement. I know Northern Trust released the press release yesterday. How has life been since then? It's been a little bit crazy, actually. So I, I'll start off by saying that um, it's absolutely been humbling to um, receive messages from people I currently work with all the way through people I've worked with over the last 25 years in the financial services market, um, just kind of checking in and saying, wow, I see you're doing well. So, so that's been humbling. But I guess what I did not totally expect is um, I've just been working hard and have been, you know, making sure I take advantage of opportunities to grow my career, to, you know, grow the, the firm that I that I work for. And um, this actually turns out to be a big, pretty big deal. It's a <laughs> so, huge deal. And it's a newly created role, I read. So what does that say to you, Kim, about your value to the company, your role in this capacity and to North America? So I really, really appreciate that. Um, it was a newly created role. 
I I do manage my career in a way that I'm always thinking about what skills, what experiences can I leverage for the company, for the benefit of the company. And I've done a lot of different things. So we've been in conversations over time about what could happen, what might happen. Um, and because this role didn't exist, it wasn't something that I actually saw and said, hey, I want to do that. Um, but, you know, through, you know, executive management, looking at my skills, the results I had produced over time, they said, yeah, this is a, a fast-growing segment in the market and for Northern Trust, and we'd like you to, to lead it. So it does put an explanation point, I think, on <laughs> I would um, say so. <laughs> the, the value <laughs> that they think I bring um, to the organization and certainly what I know I've worked really, really hard for. Um, in terms of trying to bring that kind of value. so And a nice lucrative package to match that value. I won't make you say how much. I won't. Um, <laughs> but I know it's a lot. So, so and when we talk about a career in financial services, I know you talk to a lot of colleges and schools at seminars and panels. What message, Kim, do you really try to share with youth in particular about a career in financial services? That's an awesome question. And when I am spending time with students, whether they're in elementary school, high school, college, whatever it is, I'm actually asking them just to open up their minds for the idea uh, or possibilities of a career in financial services. You know, growing up and especially where I grew up, you know, in the hood, you know, there, there were some key roles that people would think of as worthy of your aspirations. So doctor, lawyer, engineer, all of those things, right? Nobody ever said you could have a really fantastic career (laughs) in financial services. In fact, if you work hard at it, um, there are a lot more um, benefits that people don't talk about. Um, And so, yeah, I really try to spend time you know, getting them to see and explore the possibilities based on whatever their skills, unique skills and talents are, um, you know, their financial services can, can meet their needs. If You know, just name it, whatever it is you want to achieve. I'm sure financial services, a career in financial services can help you achieve that. Um, but it's not something that people put on the radar very early, um, you know, when they're studying. So I just try to make it a a possibility and option. And when you talk about possibilities and options, I know that you actually began as a chemical engineer major at the University of Illinois, something completely different from where you are now. And then you switched to another major and then you got into financial services. Talk to us about the path from there to here. Yeah, so it wasn't, it, it obviously wasn't a um, straight path. <laughs> it was a little crooked, but look, you are at the top now. That's what matters. <laughs> Man. Um, you know what? What's funny about that, Nikita, is that looking back, it all makes sense to me. Yes. It absolutely makes sense to me. But um, I, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I knew that this is where I was going to end up kind of looking forward, you know, when I was back then. But Going to school for chemical engineering was really um, kind of created as a um, desire of mine. And I say created because I don't think it really came internally for me. But 
because I was good in math and science in high school, took all the honors classes, scored really well. And so they said, you should, and I love, love, love chemistry. So, yeah, why don't you go to school to be a chemical engineer? And I actually thought that that was a good idea. I got an internship. I worked for a food sciences firm um, as an intern for four years. So I went through four mm. years of college um, and, and worked as an intern, rotated through research and development, manufacturing, a couple of stints, business development, product development, and decided I did not want to be a chemical engineer. You're like, no, thank and you. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I like, no, no. Yeah, no, you know, this is cool for the people who want to do it, but, but I don't think I want to do that. And so I was always, I was always on a five-year program. So at the fourth year, um, nearing the end of the fourth year, um, I said, I don't want to do this. I know I was going to be here for five years anyway. So what might I be interested in will allow me to use some technical analytical skills and abilities, um, but also give me some added value from what I was missing. And what I thought I was missing was the, was the people component. So I ultimately did the, the psychology program in a year at at the U of I and um, finished with a degree in psychology. (laughs) Psychology. So from chemical engineering to psychology. And then tell us about the jump to financial services. Yeah. And so, you know, there weren't a lot of companies or a lot of businesses that would say, hey, I want to hire a psychologist who's not really a PhD. (laughs) (laughs) This wonderful (laughs) hybrid of sorts. What do we do with her? (laughs) Right. What? And that was literally, that was literally, Nikita, I'm not kidding you. That was literally the question. I would go to these career fairs and they would say like, we can see you have great technical skills and abilities, but it looks like you don't want to focus on that. You have great people skills, but we don't know what to do with you because (laughs) your credentials aren't really, you know, what we look for. And so I thought, okay, what gives me the best of both worlds, you know, from a technical perspective, analytical perspective, and a people perspective. And I said, I I think banking might be it. Hmm. And um, I applied. Um, for a really, really, um, the, the bank doesn't exist anymore, but it was a really, really well-known, um, commercial bank, um, in the, kind of in the Midwest. And they hired people who didn't have that as a background, like finance or accounting. So they and, were looking um, for you. They were looking for the Kims. That's what they did. They were looking for me <laughs> and they were training you from ground up. So I started super entry entry level like it was almost like I didn't even have a college degree at all (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding I was was a glorified um mail handler so I mean I started Mm -hmm. in financial services when we were still doing physical securities like paper stocks and bonds um and my first job in banking was delivering those assets from a secure uh, area to the processing area. So, so what were I could you wear thinking? You could wear gym shoes every day. That's amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, so let me ask you, go say, so you have this psychology degree, you have four years of training in chemical engineering, and now you're in banking. When you got there, like on day one, what was your, your thought process and how you were going to excel in the field? What were you thinking? Um, so again, 
to be honest, I wasn't thinking about excelling. I was thinking yeah. about how do I was thinking about how do I learn this? Got because it. the truth is, I struggled in the beginning because I did not have the competencies that other people had around finance and accounting and you know all of those different things. And so I had to learn those things while I was on the job being expected to deliver. And um, it was really, really frustrating, to, <laughs> to, to be honest. And there were times when I thought, like, maybe this isn't for me. But I had a mentor who identified me really, really early in my career. And she started mentoring me. And she actually was a very, very senior um, manager, woman manager at the, at the company, and um, she saw my struggles. She knew what I was struggling with, learning and and trying to learn it at a quick pace and, and also aspiring to do more. And um, she told me one day, she pulled me in her office and she said, look, you're not going to be evaluated on what you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to evaluate you on how you overcome those struggles. Oh, that is and, a great line. I'm not going to evaluate you on your struggles, but how you overcome them. She did. And she Fantastic. said that to me and she followed that up with, look, I've watched you maneuver these situations that I know you weren't prepared for and how you work with people and how you work through these difficult situations and your work ethic. She was like, I really wish I could bottle your natural talent, skills, and abilities because I'd be able to sell it mm-hmm. and we'd make a whole lot of money. And so we'd all from be balling moment, like you. We'd be balling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. from that moment to this one, I I believe that it was it was about learning. It was about expo you know, exposing myself to different things, different thinking, different people, different um, sectors or disciplines within financial services um, that was going to propel my career, not so much that I didn't have the credentials. So right. she planted that luckily really, really early in me. I, I think the other thing I mentioned too on that is that I didn't have anybody in my family that mm-hmm. had business uh, credentials or, you know, anything like that. So banking, you know, let alone, I mean, barely with bank accounts. And I don't mean that in a, in a mean derogatory way, but, sure. you know, seriously, you're, you're banking for checking and savings, not for investments and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have anybody to teach me, but, you know, uh, this woman, this senior woman just really kind of, uh, pulled me aside and, and the kid, she invested. Wow. And so much training for me. She invested in me by giving me hard jobs that she knew I wasn't equipped for, but then she would coach me through them. So she taught me the business. She taught me how to be tough. And you know, you know, in a, in a male dominated, white male dominated environment, um, I mean, you, you have to be tough, but she taught me a lot of those things really, really early on. So I'll say that's a big part of how I got here is because of my son. 
That and and it sounds like that pivotal moment in her role in your life not only bridged the gap or kind of got you from one career to another, but also from as you said, like your struggle to kind of like your triumph and now your your accolades on a global scale, even. So so now that you're there, what is the most rewarding part of what you're able to do now that you are making and being a part of these, you know, amazing investments and you're bridging and bringing people together to create these wonderful opportunities. What's the rewarding part? I think the most rewarding part of all of this is to help other people fulfill their dreams about their businesses and how their businesses are going to grow and to really be a part of that. I mean, for a long time, it's like, okay, what can I do to make myself successful? How am I going to climb? You know, I mean, that's right. where we all start, right? We're trying to make our money and do mm-hmm. our thing. Um, and I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that that I've done all that I ever want to do, mm-hmm. but I am at a point in my career where I can look at, okay, these are businesses that are trying to grow and they're growing through private capital markets. And my business, my services at this firm can help them do that. And there is a lot of joy mm-hmm. I get from, you know, being a part of all of this other business success. Um, the the other big rewarding part of my job it is more connected to being a leader and developer of people. Yes. So um, part of the most heartwarming, I guess, messages I've received over these last couple of days with the new job and the press release going out is people that worked with me, you know, long time ago or at the start of their career. Mm-hmm. And they're saying back to me, they're calling back um, information that says, like, I remember when I worked with you on this and you taught me so much. Oh, so, wow. That's great. Yeah. That's a good feeling. So that's, I mean, I live for that. I'll get up every morning to go in and and develop somebody. And I mean, you develop people through tough love. Too. Yeah, it's yeah. not just to let me teach you, but um, yeah, I, I'll get up every day for that. And being an example, which is what you are. So, so also along with the reward part, I know that there are some challenges, as you said, kind of like learning the field and then actually excelling in the field to the point you are now and being in a male dominated kind of profession. Talk about what the challenges are and how you're able to overcome them and teach others to do the same? So this market uh, or the, the the market that I'm serving in or playing in is private, right? So yes. it's very, very specialized. And people either want to talk to experts, so people who have been in the business, kind of grown up with this as their first language, mm-hmm. or they want to talk to, you know, a super senior executive who, you know, can make a decision about money, like right away, investment right away. And um, when I first started, I was neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, no, not A. Oh, no, not B either. <laughs> not, not yet. And I, yeah. Do you have a C option? Because I think I'm C. Gotcha. Um, and so really it's, Again, it's humbling to 
you know, know all that you know, have all the experience that you have and know that that will, that will be leveraged at some point. But in the beginning, I had to humble myself and just really, really spend time learning this business all the way to just learning terms, you know, yeah. the language and making sure I fully understand, you know, when we, you know, when we say portfolio of companies that I really know what we're talking about when we say portfolio of companies, right? right? Uh-huh. So, um, that, that's a challenge in this space, but the good news is you can learn it. Um, and so because it's private, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit finite. We, we, we could get into all types of complex structures and, um, ways that they, um, organize the, the funds, but you can learn it. So that's the good news. And, um, I've spent a lot of time, uh, investing myself in learning it. Um, the other challenge is, is that people just quite honestly don't expect women and people of color to operate in this space. Um, and it's, this particular space is not so unique to that. I would say that's probably still a, um, a problem for financial services in general. You don't see a lot of, um, you know, women and people of color in executive roles. And so it's always a little bit surprising. When you walk through the door. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, excuse me? (laughs) Uh, Already I've been, I've, uh, you know, when I've had someone on my team introduce me to someone, you know, it doesn't have to be a client, but someone in the market, in the business or whatever, and um, they're naturally thinking that, you know, someone on my team is introducing me and that I report to them. And then, you know, the person on my team will say, no, 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 that's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. By the way, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, I mean, I would say that that's a that can be a challenge, but it's mm-hmm. not, again, it's not insurmountable. Um you know, it's just a lot of learning and building relationships, which is what I've had to do throughout my whole career. So I think from that perspective, it's it's a sweet spot for me because I've had to start over. I had to learn from not knowing anything before. So in that regard, it feels a little bit comfortable because yeah. I've had to be uncomfortable before. And and we talked offline a little bit prior to this kind of about your journey. And one of the things that you shared that you did in kind of preparation, not only for this moment, but for this career path, which has been like explosive, was that you, you studied and learned everything you could like every Saturday for X amount of hours. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, I am really one of those people who yeah, I almost love for you to tell me I can't do it because that's <laughs> right. That, you know that 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 becomes the motivation to do it. If nothing else, just to prove it to myself. Yeah. So, um, I definitely had people looking at me and saying to me, "There were some people who actually had enough nerve and courage to say to me, like, how did you? Why would you get the job? Why would you be doing that? Ooh, like, what are hater. they thinking?" And then, you know, so what I said was, and, and, and again, you know, some self doubt creeps in cause you're like, yeah, I know nothing. Why am I doing this? And then I just said, no, 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 I'm going to learn it. 
and there's not going to be a single person that will be able to ask me a question, or, you know, or, or that I won't be able to have an in, uh, intelligent conversation. So I locked my, myself down for four hours every Saturday for several months reading everything I could get my hands on as it related to this business. Okay. Every Saturday. And I mean, that's not, that's aside from, you know, going to conferences, taking classes, learning from people around me. Um, but yeah, I decided I was going to do my personal learning and I would not have an excuse for not knowing what was going on. That is discipline at its highest. And and it's obviously paid off. So when you talk to people about what you do and you explain to them about the types of clients that you are working with, what is how do you demystify it really? How are you able to kind of break it down? And what do you find is the biggest misconception about what it is you do? So I'll answer the latter one first. So I think the biggest misconception is that it is so complex and above everyone's head that people start at a level like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to understand it. And um, so if people are convinced that they're not going to understand it, it's hard to talk to them and try to explain it no matter what you do because they're thinking they're not going to understand it. So I, I think that's pretty you know, it's private, it's private capital. It seems, you know, pretty uh, mystical, but... Yeah, it seems very ivory tower until you get to North America. Then you're like, oh, okay, bam. (laughs) (laughs) But but you can learn it. So one of the ways I I talk about it is you can think about it in terms of mutual funds. So everybody knows that, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but people who are even you know, mildly educated on investment mm-hmm. um, and investment strategies will invest in mutual funds and you can get into a mutual fund at a pretty low bar. You know, I mean, if you wanted to invest a thousand dollars, you can, and you know, you would get the commensurate return. Sure. So these private capital funds, are similar to mutual funds, except that for mutual funds, they are pulling together um, shares of different corporations and different industries that are publicly traded. Well, and because they're publicly traded, the prices are visible to everybody. The shares are visible to everybody. So it's, it's you know, traded on the open market. So the the price to get in is is lower. Mm-hmm. Well, for private funds, it's not publicly traded. Um, they're not listed in a way that everybody has access to it. Yeah. Um, and the bar for entry is pretty high because if you think about what these funds are investing in, so let's just say, for example, a private equity fund they might be investing in a a couple of companies to turn them around and buy, you know, do leverage buyouts, all of that. We've heard of those. Mm -hmm. Well, to actually do that for a whole company, a whole corporation, or even a family-owned business, you're talking millions of dollars, right? So the investment in that is going to you know, you're going to have to raise a little bit more money to actually make proper investments so that you can actually achieve the outcomes that you're looking for. So it's just, 
it's similar, you know, you have a, a mutual fund, lower level, public, everybody can um, go in because you can see it, and then, but lower return. This one is private, higher level to get in, but higher return. So people go to it if I actually have the wealth where I'm an institutional investor, a corporate investor, um, I'll go in and I'll invest 200000 or a million or whatever it is and allow that to be invested over a longer period of time so that I can get my greater return. And that actually is a good mm-hmm. explanation that, that does kind of help to break it down. And so I wanted to also ask about, because you mentioned before that you didn't necessarily have like a financial expert in your family or maybe those kinds of examples, but yet here you are. So talk about the dream team that you have surrounding you that kind of keeps you grounded, keeps you focused. You know, you talk about your mom, your husband, your brother, how does that all come together to kind of help you have perspective on like how you started and where you are now? Right. So my husband just thinks that I am the bomb.com. <laughs> right? so it, it, it's if I am struggling with something or I think I can't do something and you know, he's the one who actually sees and hears all of my frustrations, right? He knows when I walk through the door, if I've had a bad day or a good day, he hears me, the mumblings and grumblings, whatever, but he thinks I'm the bomb.com. So he, he always lifts me up. He always helps me feel like I can do that next thing. My mom, um, it's funny because my mom, you know, if you think about hierarchy, she's like, she's really the boss, you know, um, but she humbled, she, she, she doesn't understand financial services. So she asks questions in a very basic, simple way that makes me believe like, yeah, Kim, this is really not all that hard. She doesn't even even understand what I'm doing. I mean, I remember one promotion I got and she was like, are you so, you like managing the talent? There's nothing wrong with teller managers, but mom, the bank I work at doesn't even really have a lot of tellers. (laughs) 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 But she asked very simple questions that helps me like break things down and you know, kind of eases me and, and makes me understand, like, yeah, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Just break it down into its parts. And then my brothers, who are kind of like in a hierarchy, they're my peers. They keep me grounded, you know. It'll be like, you know, they're so proud of me and everything that I've been able to accomplish. But then they'll be like, you know, yeah, congratulations, Marquette, you know. <laughs> keep it 100. <laughs> right. All so, day. I mean. That's all. And then if I ever need like the, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, these people are just causing me so much drama, you know, they'll give me the, the look and the laugh that says, you need me to take care of something. It's like, no, <laughs> but, but you know, they, they really do keep me grounded and, you know, help me understand like you always will have our support no matter what happens. And then my niece, which is really, really special, is my, my, my brother's daughter, who, um, I mean, she's, she's not a baby. You'll hear me talk about her as if she's still like a little girl. She's not. She's 30. But she, um, 
she has started a career in financial services and excelling in it. And she tells me like, it's because of the model um, that I've been and what I've taught her. So that is just incredible, right? To know that you influence someone like that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's my inner circle. That's the circle that keeps me solid no matter what. I mean, you know, my brothers will even tell me, if I'm thinking about something, I'm mad about something, I haven't, you know, and I haven't gotten it resolved. And they'll tell me, like, well, Kim, I think you're thinking about that wrong. You yeah. need to consider this. And, you know, so it, it having people like that around you really matters. And, you know, it's a village that's raised, Kim. You're part of the village. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just people that, that um, encourage you, yeah. that support you, um, and you need it. I you needed do. it. You do. You do. <laughs> and, and you've had a village for some time because you grew up, as you shared, in modest or in modest circumstances, and now yep. you're where you are. So when you look back, did you see as a little girl or did you envision that this was possible? And what do you think now that you're here? You know what, this this is really um, heart-wrenching and it grabs me every time I think about it, but it has been my motivation since I was six years old. Wow. So we would go to the grocery store and like I said, my mom raised uh, me and my two brothers, single family home, sing, you know, just single mom. And, you know, we had the help, love and support of family members, but it was my mom raising us. Yeah. And so we would go to the grocery store and by the time it was time to get up to the belt and start unloading what had been put in the grocery basket, I would notice that my mom would start holding stuff back Mm. and it wouldn't be the things that we needed, but it would be the extra things. And most of all, it would be the things that she wanted because by the time we got to the register, she was worried of whether or not she was going to have enough money to pay for those items. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell you from that day, it got etched in my brain that if I could ever do anything, anything to make sure that my mom never has to worry about what she wants to put on that grocery belt, that's as simple as my dream was. Wow. If she never has to worry about what she puts on that grocery belt and she can pay for whatever is on that grocery belt, I will do whatever it takes to make that happen. That is a powerful visual. And I'm going to put a lot of stuff in the basket, too. So when you go back to the store, <laughs> you tell me and I'm going to put all the stuff in there. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. That's Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it has. And that thought has carried me at some really, really tough times. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's it. It's like when I, when I wanted to give up, when I wanted to say, I'm not doing this anymore. When I wanted to say like, it's too hard. I think about what she must've been going through Mm. having to put things back in front of her children. Right. And, um, you know, and now my mom is, Spoiled right. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. And my brothers tell me that I've created a monster. Oh my gosh. Um, No, Kim, really? 
they say I've created a monster and I would not have it any yeah, other way. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> well, she, she deserves it. It's so wonderful to be able to do for your parents, for your mom, who's done so much. And is there anything else? Because I know we covered a lot, but anything else that you'd like to share that you think would be really, really helpful about your journey, um, your perspective, what you're doing now and what's next? So I, I think I would conclude the journey by, by thinking about it in three ways. Mm-hmm. So there's inspiration. When I think about this last press release and I read it, I'm kind of having an outer body experience thinking, okay, I, this is, I'm reading about me, but, but it's really not that <laughs> special. I mean, there are so many people who have come before me and who have helped me and who have poured into me and who have inspired me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put in the work, I put in the perspiration because I've been inspired. There's been people who have inspired me and I just do the work and I work hard. And I always said, nobody's going to work harder than me. You might have more money than me. Your family may have means that my family didn't have. You may have credentials that I don't have, but nobody's going to work harder than me. Mm-hmm. And then the inspiration and the perspiration allows me to aspire. It allows my aspirations to be bigger and better than I ever thought they could be. But I take it one day at a time, Nikita, one day at a time. Every day I'm trying to accomplish a couple of things. And when you look over the career, you've accomplished a lot. So inspiration, perspiration allows for my aspirations. Well, that is a wonderful testament to uh, a journey still being lived and excellence at its best. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your journey, sharing your pivotal moment, and for hooking up your mom. That's the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I I just want to tell you that I am so proud of what you're doing and um, for allowing me to be a part of this. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Head of North America, because now I know you. I'm going to say everyone, hey, I know her. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. All right, Kim. Well, thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Kimberly Evans-Kilion for joining us today and for sharing such a powerful, powerful story. Talk about pivotal moments. I mean, I love that her mentor told her that she'd be evaluated not on her struggle, but on how she overcame it. And that that same mentor invested in her leadership abilities. So it's so important to have an ally like that, you know. And shout out to Kim for making a difference, not only on a global scale, but close to home in the life of her mom. We'll continue to watch and applaud Kim as she continues to make it happen. She so deserves it. Thanks again for tuning into Pivotal Moment. I'm your host, Nikita Faustin. We'll talk to you next time.